0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nerd Like Me podcast. Hope everybody had a good New Year's. I'm here with Chris Gladden, As always, what's going on, man? How we doing? Good. Um, so we—it's uh, been about two weeks, I guess. We we missed a week. Um, just got things got a little busy with the holidays. Um, but we've kind of a lot's been going on. Um, it was a busy two weeks.
1: It was a really busy two weeks. Um, a lot of movies coming out, yep. uh, a lot of parties to go to, yep. a lot of family to see. I still had to work most of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. You didn't get much of an actual holiday, um, <clears throat> but uh, that, you're making up for it now, so um, I guess that's good. So uh, first first and foremost, kind of on um, everybody's radar right now is Aquaman, um, which we saw last Friday, Yep. Um, and I don't know, um, <laughs> for it doing so well in the box office... I, I'm kind of disappointed. Um, yeah, I think it, it, you, it was kind of funny because you made a prediction before we saw it, and you said it's just going to be like a Michael Bay action movie. Yeah, and that's, that's and, exactly and, and, what and you, I you, you pretty be. much um, nailed it. I think um, in terms of plot uh, was all right. It could there were some, definitely some major improvements that could have been made. Um, The CGI... I'll let you do your piece on the CGI, because I know that's something that you had a major issue with. I mean...
1: Yeah, I mean, it just... The CGI just didn't make sense to me. Like, the whole... Uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and say that there's probably going to be spoilers in here. So if you haven't seen the movie, you care about <clears> spoilers. <throat> if we spoil anything, I promise you, you're not gonna. It's not gonna take away from this movie because there's not enough no. um, spoilery things that uh, you weren't gonna predict anyway. anyway. Yeah, I mean. So, but if you, you know, you might want to skip ahead a little bit um, if you're worried about spoilers because there's going to be some spoilers. Okay, but anyway. The beginning of the movie, um, we've got uh, Aquaman's mom and dad, and they're obviously CGI'd to look younger. Yeah. And the whole time, I'm like, what is wrong with these people's faces? Like, it's not... It wasn't even like... Like, I had a feeling that they were made to look younger, but the you whole time, I'm just telling. like... I'm just like, is that really what's going on here? Or do they just look really, really weird? And, uh, I mean... They looked awful. I mean, maybe maybe if you weren't paying too much attention, you you might have like overlooked the fact that they were CGI, but I don't know how anybody could miss that cuz it just it was a glaring issue for me. Um, one of my favorite things about these uh, superhero movies is obviously going to be the, the the visual effects. Sure, yeah. I mean that's that's what we, we <clears> get <throat> out of Disney is awesome visual effects, and uh, yeah, DC is not. We, we,
0: we also said we don't quite get the same out of Warner <laughs> Brothers or I mean, Sony or whoever. I
1: mean the level of visual detail that they're offering is again. I know we kind of mentioned this before. Is more like made for TV levels. You yeah. know, I mean I don't yeah. think it feels more like it's something I'd watch on Netflix. Yeah. And and like they did these really cool scenes um that just didn't look right. Like they didn't match the actors. Or, like, they just, like, the people that were in the scenes just stood out like they were in front of a green screen to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, some of the stuff looked really cool. There were a couple things that I really liked, and that's, like, the really dark scene, I think, worked. And you can kind of hide some of this the, yeah. the CGI. And I feel, so, like, when they're, like, deep underwater, um, you know, those kinds of scenes I thought looked pretty cool. And I
0: think the other part with that, with being deep undersea, like those scenes you don't expect it to look 100 percent realistic when yeah. somebody like because it's just not like it can't happen so right. like i'm like all right they're going underwater it's gonna mm-hmm. look kind of fake mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yep. just because there, there is no alternative so my brain kind of tempers for that right um one of the things i you mentioned the the poor the for uh visual effects and stuff. I don't know if you noticed it, but there was a uh, early on in the movie when they were on, like the first very first scene when they were on the um submarine, mm-hmm. there was a point where like it was right when they revealed uh Jason Momoa and he he walks through some steam. Yep. And it was choppy is hell. Yeah, like they forgot to record in a high enough frame rate, but slowed it down anyway mm-hmm. to kind of give it this slow motion thing. And right. I'm like, what are they doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like at that point, just shoot it again? Or yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It was just, but it looked terrible. Now, um,
1: and that could have, you know that that could be the projector too. I mean, it might not actually be. The movie's fault in that one uh, scene, yeah, but maybe. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that that you're wrong, and it was, it wasn't, because it, it, with the rest of the movie, it one, you could 100 percent be right, and it just happened. Uh, That's what I you mean. Know, I they was just like, missed that, yeah. But, like i could see you know every once in a while you know those imax projectors do have a little bit of artifact and i can't i can't halt, halt them for everything but uh, i didn't notice that in, at any other point in the movie yeah. so yeah that <laughs> you're was probably, my thing. you're probably right <laughs> I, I was just
0: like i, I just have i I'm envisioning this this scene in my head where the director's like or somebody's like hey, that would look really cool if it was in slow motion and somebody's yeah. like we can't slow it down the, the it's not Mm-hmm. We didn't shoot it in a faster frame rate, and they're like, "No, do it anyway. See what it looks like." Yeah. And he's like, "Oh no, that looks awesome." <laughs> and then all the film production guys are looking at each other like, "All right, <laughs> you know?" Because I can't I imagine guess we'll s-
1: edit that together. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll
0: leave it like that. Um,
1: but I, yeah, um, I mean, they could definitely take some cues from Michael Bay. They don't need Michael Bay's uh, lens flares or anything like that. But uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of the situations that uh, these characters were put in. Um, if they if it was a really bright room or something like that, it just didn't look real at all. It just looked like they were in front of a CGI, oh, yeah. you know, room. Um, and I know that not it's it's hard to blend some of that 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 fantastical sure. stuff. Um, but uh, I well, mean, Disney's people, been o- doing it. I was gonna say other people <laughs>
0: managed to do it right? right. Like it's not like you know, it's not like it's ten fifteen years ago where the, the advent of the CGI is first mm-hmm. coming around, and you're kind of like, all right, it looks pretty good but right. you know it's cgi now i mean what's like some of the stuff we see i mean i have never noticed that in one of the most more recent star wars movies
1: yeah the one thing i'll say though is that they probably have a significantly smaller budget than disney does i mean i don't know so, don't it, know how so much then, more. in
0: fairness you you change the scope of what you're doing right yeah i mean that's the unfortunate that it just comes with it you have a smaller mm. budget so if if it were if it were me making a, the decision as a producer um whether with a limited budget do i include all these crazy special effects that are gonna be more obviously lowered in quality Mm -hmm. or do i either just not include those kind of elements to that to that degree right or do i find you know ways creative ways to work around that some somehow i mean there's got to be some compromise right i mean to me i wouldn't make that decision also
1: it could just be that they just don't have the talent um, that that Disney's got right now you know they, it could be they can't afford some of those people and that is the best that they could produce um you know and, I, just and said, I mean
0: they have to have enough of a budget right I mean at least to get decently talented people to do like I said I think the problem is your scope's just too big yeah you know I mean um the, the old adage is cheap fast and reliable mm-hmm. I mean it with with cars right so pick two I mean and kind of you get to the same thing I think when you get to any kind of project right, right. you you can't if if you want to have everything, it's just going to be expensive. And if, right. you, if you don't have the budget, then you have to make a compromise. And in my opinion, the compromise you don't pick is well, it's just going to be a little little shittier looking.
1: What's going to be funny though about all this is that Jason Momoa is going to be in every movie now. Oh yeah,
0: he's he <laughs> he has made so much money. Like I don't I don't even mean already. Like just just this put his career probably to the next level. Oh yeah. Cause I mean
1: they've they're, they've hit what almost nine hundred million dollars with this movie so yeah something like that I mean they're getting close to the billion dollar mark um so Which is certainly I mean, a first for them I'm sure yeah well um or did Justice League do it or um, no um Wonder Woman got close okay. so it, it surpassed Wonder Woman I think Wonder Woman was like eight hundred and forty million some somewhere in the yeah, eight hundred yeah. the mid to low eight hundred yeah, yeah I mean they did a they did fantastic with that movie, so they just need to make a movie of just the two of them together Unless yeah, let's see what happens. Um, um,
0: I, one of the things that uh, I, I don't, it's kind of funny to me, is that <clears throat> I'm hearing plenty of people talking about going to see this movie that normally wouldn't want to go see an Aquaman movie just because of oh, yeah. Jason Momoa. And, and that's fair, right? Yeah. But I guess for me, I'm sitting here thinking, well, I've literally never once gone to see a movie because of like a female actress. I don't
1: know that I would say that I've never...
0: I mean, th- something I mean, there's, that, that there's, I had no yeah. interest in the plot, something yeah. that I had no interest in, whatever it was. That's just fair,
1: because like, like, even <clears> like, Fifth <throat> like Fifth Element, like I love Mila Jovovich, but Fifth Element, there was a lot a lot of other stuff that I That's
0: what I mean. I mean, movie, to so. me, it's it's kind of funny um, that that is... Ad- and I think that is definitely contributing. I mean, you have a similar thing with Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm you have yep. it appeals to a certain demographic and then all of a sudden your box office numbers are crazy mm-hmm. and and then people and this is this is my nitpick though and this is why I'm going on on this tangent cuz I don't mean to be political or or whatever but in retrospect people look back at these movies and say oh man these movies are, were phenomenal look mm-hmm. at their box office numbers yeah and it's like Not really, right? Because they're 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 tinted.
1: Like, well, what's what's interesting about that? Because I I know where you're going with it. But what's interesting about it is that it is getting some people that would never watch a superhero movie. Oh, yeah, I'm not complaining about that. Like. You know, I, I told you the, the story about the other day that my dad, my stepmom went and watched Aquaman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my dad's retired military. And so they got tickets for for cheaper, you know, because they give military yeah, yeah. discounts and whatnot. And uh, at the end of the movie, he says that she looked over at him and said that she loved that movie so much that she wanted to give him <laughs> more money. Like yeah. she felt like she underpaid to watch that movie, and uh, I mean, he didn't really have the same sentiments about. It. I mean, he enjoyed it, but uh, he didn't he didn't feel that it was because he didn't that have great. the eye candy. I right. mean,
0: um, but I guess my point is is for the sake of um, I guess really just people like standing up for the or, or or arguing for certain movies or what what makes a good movie. You're going to have people referencing box office numbers as a metric for how good a movie is what well, yeah. did so good people loved it this many and i'm like yeah but they're artificially inflated because you have if we take a certain percentage of the population like you said that don't normally go see a superhero movie and then all of a sudden they go see a superhero movie for reasons that are completely and totally unrelated yeah. to superhero movies
1: mm-hmm. that doesn't count but now but but, but <clears throat> But now, you know, maybe now my maybe. stepmom is might be right. might be more willing to go see some of these movies. Sure. I mean, especially I, if it's either. not a bad thing. I'm
0: just saying, but because then it, it grows the demographic for the next movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Potentially. I'm just saying, I think it sucks because I've already seen it somewhat online and, and on other places where people are like this movie is so good. Look how good it's doing in the box office. And I'm like, I don't know that that's a good metric. To I use. mean,
1: I understand. Like I said, I understand where you're coming from with it. And I don't disagree with you. But I mean, you can also look at it like the first Transformers movie. Um, a lot of people went and saw it not knowing anything about Transformers. You know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of kids wanted to see it just because the visual effects looked so awesome.
0: Which to me is is related to the movie, I
1: guess. I, t- yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, one version of eye candy and another version of eye candy. I mean, they're kind of they're kind of the same I mean, thing. I, I like guess. they got they got the right people to make the visual effects for this movie they got the right guy to be the visual for this movie i guess i mean I, know, see, I, I see that i see what i'm right just you're being saying. the devil's advocate here no, I, I mean i, I know understand. what you're saying
0: i understand completely um i guess for me the one the one the, the difference though is one's related to the subject material of the movie mm-hmm. whereas the action and the visuals in a transformer movie is about the, that right it's yeah it's cool because it's giant robots fighting yeah like that's 100 that is the plot but to Whereas be fair, in this
1: one, they're a, reinventing Aquaman,
0: right? I know, but they're. But my point is, the, the draw to it is an attractive male guy, which that's not part of. I mean, could it be a tangential part of Aquaman's character? Sure, but that's not the point. It, like, I would actually be more okay with it for somebody like superman or mm-hmm. somebody like batman where them being like an attractive person that yeah, you but know, you
1: can't get shots of them without their shirt on <laughs> I, I know but that's that, well, that at even, least not for half the movie that even know. further
0: that even further kind of illustrates my point though right is no, they are kind of yeah. taking advantage of that fact mm-hmm. even though i mean i don't remember seeing aquaman in any, any comic shirtless yeah he was always wearing that goofy ass outfit yeah, so that's my only problem is it, is they're taking it kind of and, and they're using it kind of as a, a a boost, which when really it doesn't have anything to do with the movie, mm-hmm. the plot, the character. It's just like we're gonna get an, you know I mean it, people do it all the time. Don't get me wrong. I mean there are plenty of movies that hire actresses that are attractive and put them in not a lot of clothes, and it's it's certainly gonna sell more tickets.
1: Yeah,
0: which I, I can't fault people for doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I, the only part I nitpick at is it. In retrospect, when you compare movies by their box office numbers, right. then it's kind of not apples and yeah, apples. Yeah, people are going to
1: say that this was a great movie. Because, because it's old X tickets. Right.
0: When in reality, a lot of those tickets that were sold had nothing really, to do with the quality really of the Really, the movie. metric
1: should be after the movie has been out. Yeah, and DVD sales. like second secondary market yeah. stuff. Yeah, for sure. DVD sales should should really be what we we metric these things off of. And I guess it's harder because people are metricing whether they buy a DVD off the you know off the the movie ticket sales or whatever. But I mean, really. I mean, most people don't buy Blu-rays unless they really, really like the movie, right? I mean, there's people like me that I just just want them all, um, you know. Except for Godzilla
0: and Unbreakable, two of the things we wanted to watch recently.
1: I'm, I'm really disappointed in myself that i don't have either of those um and uh and I, so. I actually that that is,
0: uh, ironically you said that i didn't realize that until now that's the first star wars movie that i don't
1: own yeah same here and uh, hopefully hopefully the next ones went our own worthy but uh, we won't yeah. go off on that tangent no, again but no we've done that enough but yeah uh i mean i definitely understand what you're saying i think that i think that it was an okay movie i don't want to rant on it too I, much oh, i mean I we've, been, don't. we've been we've been pretty negative about it like since the start of the this but it's not if you want to see this movie whether you want to see some guy shirtless half the movie maybe even 75 percent of the movie um i don't think that you're going to be completely disappointed i I hold movies to a higher standard that most people probably do yeah Yeah, i mean we're sitting here talking about the technical aspects of the movie and stuff like that
0: it was i mean let's put it this way this is this is what i always say and this is what i've said before here was i entertained for two hours yeah i don't regret my purchase
1: um i give a movie a, a move movies lose a star every time i look at my watch <laughs> and i looked at my watch twice okay. so out of five fair. it's a three for me i mean that's that 60 or what's
0: well, yeah 60 percent. and so. i
1: think using that metric that's probably about where i would put them yeah um the only movie that i will give an exception to um was blade runner what was it 20, 29 20 yeah yeah um because that movie was way longer than I expected it to be. <laughs> so there was a couple times I looked at my watch, and I'm just like, is this movie really still going on? <laughs> but uh, that movie's really slow, so and that was a pretty good movie. But uh, Yeah, I, I thought it was
0: pretty entertaining. I mean, it was, yeah. there were good action scenes. Could mm-hmm. they been improved from a technical perspective? Certainly.
1: It was um, super cheesy, though. Yeah. Like the, there was the a whole of, love was scenes really campy, and stuff yeah. like that, I'm just like, man. Like, I kind of got the whole thing about him, you know, his dad going to the to the dock every day. I mean, I feel like that that's an appropriate sure. level of uh, you know romance in the movie. I think that that, that added to the movie um, because you can you, you know it kind of like every time he walks up there, you know, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit because she's not there. Um, but you know, him and the princess or yeah. whatever, and you know, I don't even it was remember. Definitely she's, it was just so overly, um, you know, the only even decent scene with them two together where they're kind of having, you know, that romance thing is when they like jump out of the plane together Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, Which, it's kind of funny and it was and already in, fairness, in the preview. I was going to say <laughs> it was
0: spoiled in the, in the trailers. Yeah. So, um, so one thing that uh, our friend Justin mentioned that I thought was a really good point was that William Defoe's character was, could have been thousands yeah, of him. thousands of times better and this was a major missed opportunity to have an actually compelling plot, mm-hmm. um, because basically, again, like Chris mentioned spoilers. So here's basically the plot in a nutshell: uh, Aquaman's half brother is trying to take over the surface world by uniting, taking over really the armies of um, the sea. Mm-hmm. And um, William Defoe plays like this royal advisor, basically that was loyal to Aquaman's mother. Yep. Um, And he, when Aquaman is on, on growing up on the surface, like sneaks him away to train him and and teach him how to be an Atlantean and all this kind of stuff. Um, And and the whole time um, is also still advising his half brother. Mm -hmm. Um, He's really kind of playing the voice of reason a lot. He's not, he's not egging him on or anything like that. Um, But Justin made a really good point that that, that advisor character is almost always um, classically the bad guy. Yeah. And and especially with William
1: Defoe, like as an actor, and he just plays those characters freaking perfect, right? And he and my thing is, he didn't even have to be the bad guy. He just didn't need to be the good guy. Like he yeah. could have been the, like the a voice of neutral or something, or like yeah. just something different than just that. I don't know, creepy I, smile. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think yeah, it would
0: have so. been um, really cool to see him be the actual bad guy, right? I mean, Aquaman's brother would be the bad guy, right? But the plot twist would be. That William Defoe was the one pulling right. the strings the whole mm. time. That yeah, Aquaman's brother is the one taking stuff over and being the right. figurehead and, and the in the actual um, leading the the charge. But and he's, he's the, being manipulated by William Defoe. And to William Defoe so.
1: is the one that's paying off black mantis yeah. to do all this stuff because right. like it was just too like there's a scene where some a submarine comes and attacks them where they're having this this tree yeah. kind of uh meeting and it's just so obvious that what's going on the framed. king yeah. or you know is the one that did it and uh you know if that was william defoe that would be a lot more interesting because then both of them would, would be, be surprised yeah. and it's like damn we really do need to be yeah. we really do need to link up and, and take care of this but yep. it's like it's just too obvious,
0: and even then, it would be even better because you have William Defoe playing both sides of the field and training Aquaman, mm-hmm. and telling him, "Hey, man, your brother's doing all this terrible stuff. Right? You need to stop him." Mm-hmm. And and I mean, you know, I don't know. It just it, I think it would have been a much more riveting like plot reveal if because if you didn't know that, right? If you went the whole time and you just thought William Defoe was sneaking away to Aquaman, yep. and um, and you know, get hey, trying to get him to stop his brother, and then you find out towards the very end, like, oh shit, he's the one that's been causing this whole mess in yeah. the first place. And the whole
1: time he's wanted this golden trident
0: for himself, so right. he could be, yeah, so he could be Atlanta, yeah, he's somehow gonna steal it at the very end mm-hmm. or something. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know, I, I thought it was all right. Um, like you said, I, I think a three out of five
1: is probably about where that needs to sit, yeah. But. I mean, it, it was it was good for a dc movie yeah <laughs> I, mean, I would put it about i'd put second. it about yeah second i mean just under wonder uh wonder woman, woman uh, and then and then justice league probably for me you think the justice league is above wonder woman no oh no. okay it's third yeah okay yeah, yeah, correct. okay i'm sorry i thought you were going no, up i'm like
0: no no <laughs> yeah it, well, and, and i know what you're gonna say you're gonna say man of steel probably i just haven't seen that in so long
1: yeah i I think i like man of steel really it finally gave me a lot of the things that i wanted out of a superman movie.
0: i need to go back and watch it again to be honest like i said i've got it it,
1: sitting up there that giant oh you do actually have it that that giant s sitting up there the (laughs) the uh collector's yeah it's uh it's one of it's one of my favorite dc movies of all time and and it's kind of like it's not an amazing movie i don't want to say that it's like the best DC movie ever made, but it's it's at the top of my list. Um, and like I said, it just added a lot of things that DC really needed. Um, I th- I like the fact that DC was going towards more of the grittier um, side of of things, whereas you know Marvel w- is trying to have this like happier, like comedy, like funny yeah. thing. Yeah, it worked. And the fact that DC was taking a different step got me excited because the Dark Knight. Dark Knight rises um, you know that whole trilogy I thought was was pretty fantastic and it was taking that kind of grittier yep. Oh, it had darker a great feel to it. Yeah. Um and I really you know when I saw it when I super when I saw Superman I was really thinking that okay this is the direction that they're they're completely going and I and I really loved it because it was so different and it wasn't competing with Marvel on a head-to-head basis. No. You know, but now they're trying to get to that point where they're fighting with Marvel on on a head-to-head basis and they're they're failing at that. I mean, I don't think that any of the DC movies come that even compete with the top 15 Marvel movies that have come out. Yeah. You know, I mean, they just they just really don't, especially the ones that have come out recently. I mean, there's these Marvel movies just keep getting better and better. Yeah.
0: Well, and they're it's, they're perfecting their formula, right? I yeah. mean, that's the thing. Is we're talking a a scale of 15 plus movies that they've released and they get better because they've been doing it. I mean, Mm -hmm. just like anything, you're going to get the formula down. You're going to understand it. Your actors are going to, I mean, they're going to be more in character. I mean, all those kind of things are going to happen over time. Mm -hmm. Um, Your writers are going to get better. They're going to have fleshed the characters out more and be able to write them more effectively. Um, I mean, the jump
1: from Thor um, two to Thor three insane. I mean, it's just, I mean, you could forget about the other two movies and never miss them. But that third one, it belongs in the MCU. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I like their
0: first two. I mean, not I thought
1: right. that they were okay. Yeah. The first one, the first one was okay. The second one
0: was more questionable. Was for pretty sure.
1: mediocre. Yeah. Um. I mean, Natalie helped a <laughs> bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, I think that I think that they're finally starting to see. I guess what they need to do to make a better movie and unfortunately it seems like right now it's just it's a day late and a dollar fine. short yeah I mean, and they're me, trying to find you know actors that are that are going to be that are going to meet that appeal that they need but <clears throat> i mean jason momoa is as an actor, was not that great in the movie. I don't think so. um, there were some parts that were really good, like some of the action scenes that he did. That's like what his, he was good at. His choreography at. was really good, but his like him talking and like portraying a character, he like, doesn't
0: have that same like charisma that like Chris Hemsworth does. Yeah, like because I feel Any like of the Chris. <laughs> well, I, yeah, right. But I, I just feel like Chris Hemsworth is more of the the because Thor kind of has that same like jokey yeah. kind of goofy mm-hmm. uh aloof like yeah. attitudes they tried to give to aquaman and they're just war- like chris
1: pulls it off and jason yeah. it looks like he's acting. Yeah, he can do a couple one-liners and and they're okay. Like some of the one he I think he he was acting his best in Justice League. Like I liked his character the yeah, most in that movie. Yeah, where he
0: was more serious, more like I don't want to be here, mm-hmm. like you know, I mean that worked for him. Yeah. On um, this whole kind of happy go lucky kind of jokey just doesn't fit his his strength as an actor. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, um, we'll see what they come out with next. I mean, I'm glad. Again, at the end of the day, I'm glad we're getting more superhero content. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's doing well in the market because that just means we're going to get more of it. Yeah. Um, I still think they have a ways to go, and I think they know that um, still. Um, but we're getting there. They're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and honestly, competition is always a good thing. So uh, the more that Marvel and the more that DC improves and pushes Disney, I mean. That's only going to lead to even better stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the bottom line. Is if if Disney is in this little world of their own, operating and, and owning everything, then they don't have the drive or, or purpose to to do better and to oh, improve. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, um, so 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 the simple fact that DC exists and they're making eight hundred million dollars. 900 million dollars on a movie the fact they're showing they can do that mm-hmm. um is gonna have to make disney kind of shake 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 it up a little bit i think and kind of oh, absolutely kind of maybe um, put some spin on stuff mm-hmm. and, and we'll see what they come up with so yeah
1: if you guys liked if you guys seen aquaman and you liked it tell me why you liked it and i, I don't mean that like in an argumentative way no. but i'm just curious like what people because i've seen a lot of people love the movie like what
0: did you like <laughs> yeah, right
1: though? what it what was it that that was compelling about that movie was it just um, that we finally got a, 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 an Aquaman movie? You know, that was somewhat of an origin story. Um, you know, was it the visual effects that you actually liked? Um, you know, again, I'm looking at them from a different set of eyes than most people are probably going to be looking at them because I look at color and balance and and all that kind of stuff every day when I'm looking at things and I, I kind of judge those things. So yeah, um, you know, I'm looking at it from a different perspective than most people. So well, most we're, people we're probably critical, do yeah. like it. Um, but,
0: but what? Yeah, I guess. I, I, again, it just comes down to by what criteria did you like it. And you're allowed to have whatever criteria you want, obviously. It's just, um, maybe we're looking at the wrong things, and that's fine, um, for what you're looking for in a movie. But, mm-hmm. um, but real, so first, uh, Jason Momoa is good as Aquaman, I guess, but the real Aquaman is Vincent Chase from Entourage. Yeah. I mean, that's who needs to be Aquaman, <laughs> so let's not forget that. Um, it's quite an
1: emotional roller coaster with being Aquaman. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Um, and then, uh, secondly, everyone is, is likes Jason Momoa and he's a cool Aquaman, but he's only so cool because he's Mandalorian, which. Apparently no one has picked up on, because I've not heard anybody talking about that. Right. But his dad is Django Fett, so, I mean, it's obvious that he's going to be a badass. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> one of those clones got away and just made his way to Earth and had Aquaman. Um. But, yeah, you know, so it's on the topic of, of movies that are kind of all over. I, I haven't watched this one, um, mainly out of your recommendation, I, and uh, it was kind of hard to resist with all of the, the
1: social media propaganda. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, that- I mean I think a lot of it was engineered propaganda oh I'm sure yeah they,
0: <laughs> people I mean, people are getting smart right I mean yeah. it doesn't take much let's get some memes rolling on let's get mm-hmm. let's pump the the internet flame a little bit and, and that's gonna really do the work for us it's dumb to spend money um, advertising on TV because oh, I'll, yeah. I'll
1: be honest I don't watch TV I haven't had cable
0: in yeah, probably I mean, 10 years so so most of your key demographic if you spend money on TV advertising, isn't gonna see it Right um, If you spend money Even I mean I am even venture to say On YouTube ad That might be more effective hmm But it's I don't really watch enough YouTube To get enough ads Yeah In a, in a relevant time period For a mo- something like a movie release Mm-hmm um, so really, you know, if you were to somehow socially engineer your ads so that I see memes and I see stuff getting shared on Reddit and on Facebook and on Instagram, I'm much more likely to at least be aware of what you're trying to do. Oh yeah. Um, and I think they play their cards right there for Especially sure.
1: Especially if it's Sandra Bullock. Yeah. You're probably going to be doing pretty good.
0: <laughs> Which I mean. it's funny. I didn't even know she was in the movie. It actually <laughs> took a couple, uh, like probably a week of it being out for, I was like, that's Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And uh, and no one was talking about it. And I'm like, how does how are you guys not talking about Sandra Bullock being in this movie? Like, yeah, I mean,
1: most I guess Bird just Bird Box, a lot of people like, just don't yeah, know who. So, so we're talking we're <laughs> talking about Bird Box. Yeah.
0: We haven't we haven't gotten that far yet, but Bird Box is, is what we're talking about, um, which has been wildly popular. I would venture to say on social media.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: for apparently little to no reason.
1: I just I really don't understand what people's fascination with this movie. Um, the only thing that I can think of. Is that these people haven't seen the happening? Um, So spoilers. So that's spoilers. It's the exact same movie. I mean, I I don't care. Like, it's not going to hit point for point, but where it really matters, it's basically the exact same. Um, So Bird Box again, spoilers, because I'm I'm going to just go ahead and give you the plot of this movie is about. Um, These people um, start seeing other people committing suicide, and they don't understand what the deal is. And Sandra Bullock's character is this really depressed, um, like introverted person, um, and she's pregnant. And her sister comes to visit her, and she's also an artist. And you can kind of see in the movie that her art um, is somewhat displaying... Um, kind of her emotion in the movie, like she paints, like during while you're watching the movie and while she's painting, she's painting a lot of black. Um, there's a lot of uh, like silhouetting and kind of imagery, imagery yeah. and whatnot. Um, you see a lot of images of just like a person alone um, in some of her pictures, um, and people just kind of like isolated and in, in blackness. And so you kind of you kind of get some of her personality from that. Um, so the movie starts going on, and all this stuff's kind of happening in Russia, and then her and her sister go to look for this horse, um, and they're driving around, um, to go look at this horse, because her sister, like, just loves horses, and I guess she owns, like, a horse farm or something like that, and all of a sudden, hell starts breaking loose, and people just start committing suicide, and they're, like, driving into other people, and just walking in front of cars, and, and, um, nobody knows what the heck is going on, um, and so, at a point, she, her sister gets infected by whatever the heck is going on, and crashes the car, and um, she ends up killing herself, and Sandra Bullock like walks off, and she goes into this house, and some other stuff kind of happens in there, and uh, they're kind of watching the news... And, um, you see, like, the, a horse, similar to the horse that they were looking at, kind of like, you know, just running off by itself, kind of like representing, you know, I guess freedom um, from what she was dealing with before, and now she's dealing with this whole other horror. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you the whole movie step by step, but basically, these people start seeing these I don't. I don't even know if they're beings, but these things. I guess they're supposed to be. They're supposed to represent demons or something like that. But you never see them in the movie. Okay, and every time that they're represented, you hear like this rustling of of wind going by, and people, if they see them, their eyes change, um, and they kill themselves unless they're already like mentally unstable it seems like if you're already mentally unstable then you become like a scion for these things like you start recruiting other people to come look at them and you start you know you like break into people's houses and 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 allow these things in or or tell them people to look at these things and you know they're talking about how beautiful they are and stuff and and uh so which to me is kind of (laughs) a cool concept it's it's kind of an interesting concept but it just wasn't done well. Well, well so and and, like
0: yeah, so from what I've gathered and from what you've told me the biggest um the biggest problem is a lack of a payoff. Yeah. Like you get all this cool like that's a cool idea Mm -hmm. there are these demons or creatures or aliens or whatever it is spirits they're causing this mass hysteria on earth Mm -hmm. no one knows how to stop it they're recruiting people to be kind of you know like you said like scions or zealots or or whatever but then you never know like what is it why is it happening how are they doing it what do they look like like all these compelling things Mm -hmm. that you're building up all this mystery around and all this suspense and it's just like yeah we don't know yeah
1: the end of the the movie they just at the end of the movie they show up to this like sanctuary that's a school for the blind yeah and so basically they co- they show up in there and it's like oh everything's great now like all these people are super happy and they're like anytime, time any time anytime that the things show up like all the blind people just Tell everybody to close their eyes. How do the blind people know? I mean, I, I who knows? I guess the birds. The birds chirp in oh. these things. You know, when, the, when these things are around, the birds start chirping or whatever. And so the blind people, I guess, like can still do things because they they've been doing stuff with their eyes closed their whole lives. So um, I don't know, man. Like it, like you never get to see what the things are. And I can kind of like I kind of get why they would do that just to leave some of the mystery. But you, my problem with it is, is you n- at the end of the movie, you're just left with well, what the fuck did I, you know, what, what just happened? Like, I don't understand like, That's what, what I'm saying. the there's point
0: is. There's zero payoff, right? I'm not saying yeah. you have to conclude everything.
1: Yeah. I'm just
0: saying like, there's no like resolution to any of it. Yeah. Like and what's the, going on? What's nothing happening? nothing was
1: really that suspenseful. Like people are talking about, oh, it's so suspenseful and such a thriller. And it's like, like all of the suspenseful moments in the movie are so predictable. Yeah. That it's just like, I just don't understand how people can be shocked by what happened because I'm just sitting here and I'm like I knew that that's exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. Um yeah, and and like I said there you don't know anything about the world cuz nothing tells you anything about the world and what's going on. You don't they don't tell you anything about why all this is happening. You don't ever get um you don't ever get like, you know, the biblical side of it or you Which know, to me would be the obvious
0: thing, right? Yeah. If We're going to talk about these, like, yeah, it's like revelations, revelations or yeah, something. Yeah, the but you don't get any of right? that,
1: and it doesn't have to be that. But tell me what it is. Yeah, you
0: know, It needs to be something, right? right? There, there needs to be some significance to it, right? Like what, what, whatever that means. How, how it's happening? Why, like, why is it happening? Yeah, what's doing it? Not mm-hmm. you don't have to answer all those questions, but give me something to bite into, and be like, oh, now I get it, kind of thing, right? Right, um, and.
1: In the happening, spoilers. If you haven't seen it, you, you're like ten years late. But in the happening, you at least find out. Like the, it, it's kind of weird movie. Like it's not my favorite movie ever. It's kind of weird, but you find out at the end of that movie that it's the plants that have been doing this this whole time. And and lo and behold, every time that the plants start um, infecting people to kill themselves, you know what you know what happens? Some wind blows. And yeah. The trees rustle. <laughs> yeah just like in bird box and it is just i'm just like seriously like bird box you guys got you guys couldn't you know come up with something a little bit more interesting like make them look like predator or or something i, I don't know like i guess i'd be even more upset if they made them look like predator so i'll take that one back but it's just i, I and i see a lot of people well uh, I see a lot of people say that they love this movie and it but it seems to be about 50-50 that I see on this movie. Yeah, I don't know. People I, either hate it like I do <laughs> or they love it and I just and the people that love it I just really don't understand where you're coming from. Um if you haven't seen the happening maybe I can kind of understand why you would kind of like it. But again, like it, it's not really a story. Like if you look at how well, story a story is a supposed conclusion. to be written, yeah. you know, even the, I mean, even the climax in the movie wasn't even really a climax. It was just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain it. The the story was so bad to me that I just, I just don't even know how to talk about it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm, I haven't like I said I haven't seen it. I probably will watch it at some point just out of bo- like, but I have. To, it's gonna be one of those things where it's like I have nothing to do. Yeah, and I've got two hours I need to burn through. Right. Um, but I have no desire really to watch it.
1: Um, If they came out with a part two, I would say maybe watch it and then watch part two and just see if part two finally answers some of the questions that you have, but... I mean, I think it's just, you know I hate to keep going back to the Last Jedi, but it's just kind of like that. Like it's just there. The end was not satisfying in any way. It was just more disappointing, and it added more questions, and that's not a good thing for most movies. Like you want to ask questions about a movie, but not of the pivotal parts of the movie that make a difference. You know, you want to have some mystery um, and some things that that make you talk about the movie, but you don't want to talk about how you don't understand what going on in the movie
0: yeah yeah so i whatever uh, i just figured we, we had to talk about it since you'd watched it and, and it's kind of all over uh, everywhere um, so yeah maybe they will release a, another one I think there's
1: a book yeah, yeah the book is apparently really good so
0: oh. yeah maybe that's bi- I don't know maybe read that and get back to us or listen to it on audiobook and get back to us probably could. well I'm just saying <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> but anyways Uh. so yeah I think that's uh, there's some other good movies out that uh, we haven't seen yet but we probably are on the radar um, yeah, Bumblebee, and Bumblebee and Bumblebee yeah, so those two I think it, we've heard good things about mm-hmm. Um. and we'll probably you know when we have some some time to go check those out too um yeah like you you said it's interesting that you didn't really like the cartoon thing was with, with spider-man which is interesting
1: well i don't dislike it i just don't usually go to movie theaters to watch cartoons yeah like when i like just like i don't usually go to the movie theaters to watch comedies unless it's something that yeah. i really want to you know? yeah yeah it's just the the visuals on a cartoon are just not usually as impressive to the point where I I feel like I need that theater experience. Sure. I mean, you're, I mean you're paying the same price as buying a DVD yeah. you know, or a Blu-ray to go watch this movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I might as well just wait till it comes out on Blu-ray and pick it up. Um, you know, because it, it, it it's probably a movie I'd only watch once anyway. So why not just throw it in the collection for the yeah, for yeah. basically the same price? Actually, it, it's more expensive to go to the movies because I usually want to get popcorn and, <laughs> and a coke. Um, so you're adding at least another ten dollars, yeah, eight <laughs> ten bucks, yeah. So so, yeah, I feel you. Um, um, but Bumblebee, I probably would want to see in theaters. I've heard, yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about that. Um, I like seeing Michael Bay movies in theater. Um, I think he's the one that's directed this one. Right? I actually don't know. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But I, I would be surprised if he didn't. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, Bumblebee looks the same. So, I mean, all the art of it looks the same. So, hopefully he did it. But maybe not. We'll I'm, not I'm not really sure. and I'm, It's not really worth looking up because I don't really care that much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then... I mean, outside of movies, um, we, you know, we've also kind of been to Well, you have kind of drugged me into another form of magic.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, sort of, we Car- haven't got card but- magic. Yeah. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> magic the gathering magic. Um, so we've, I've only played commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I played standard, I guess, but, um, only seriously played commander. Um, that was my introduction to the game really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't even know. I think I don't even remember how we get went started the, the discussion.
1: Um, well, you were talking about wanting to play, potentially play modern because um, you were starting to buy, you know, you're starting to buy shocks and, and fetch lands and stuff like that. And you're like, well, I might as well play a format where I can use these two instead of just yeah. in, in commander. And I think that's kind of where we got to that part. Um, and then I was like, well, if you're, if you want to play modern, like, what do you think about legacy? (laughs) Cause a lot of, you know, a legacy is, is, you know, an eternal format. It's, it's got cards from way, you know, 25 years ago. Um, it's a, it's a bit more expensive, but you can, you can get decks for a similar price to modern decks, um. But I like Legacy a lot more. Uh, modern, a lot more people play Modern because it's a little bit cheaper. Um, it's a little bit wider of a format, which is good and bad for some people. Uh, for me, it's not as good because I want to study the format and I want to understand it. And yeah, you wanna want to know it to, in and out. Yeah, yeah and I don't want to have to know you know forty decks compared to like fifteen decks. Um, plus, Legacy. Like I said, it's it's more about um, instants and sorceries and that kind of thing, as opposed to creatures, whereas in, modern in combos, more, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in modern, it's more about the creatures, which, I, I mean, I do like creature-based decks and stuff like that, but I like the thought processes that go through legacy decks. I mean, they're just... Much more interaction, right? There's a lot more interaction. Um, sometimes it's not as positive of interaction, because sometimes you can really shut somebody out of a game in legacy. Um, but you've got to play you got to play to your outs, um, and you can come back from from being in a really bad spot in Legacy sometimes. Um, It takes a a land and a a brainstorm, and you're back in the game. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, it's just a much more fun format to me. Um, There's a lot more thinking that you have to do. Um, each decision matters a lot usually you're not just gonna completely just steamroll over somebody um, it's micro interactions that lead you to those you know incremental points that get you to the point where you're winning the game um especially in the decks that I like to play like I like to play tempo decks so it's basically get a creature on the battlefield a weak little creature on the battlefield protect that creature keep your opponent from doing the, what they're trying to do so that yeah and that creature, you know, that one little creature could be what wins you the game. You know, the, yeah. like, so in order to keep that creature alive or in order to hedge your bets on that creature or, you know, you don't always want to just completely protect that creature because it's not always the best the best thing to do. Because you don't want to waste all of your cards trying to protect a creature and then leave yourself open to your opponent doing what they want to do. Right. Um, so, again, um, there's, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. Um, there's cards like Brainstorm, which... Let's you draw three cards and what's interesting about brainstorm is that it it can really help you sculpt your hand it's a really powerful card but it doesn't do much you know like in the actual game terms it doesn't do much so what brainstorm says is you draw three cards add them to your hand and then put two cards back on top of your deck and it's an instant speed so you can do it any time that you want um and what a lot of people do is they'll take the two worst cards in their hand and They'll put them back, and then they'll use a fetch land and shuffle their deck. So now those two cards are no are longer on the on in their I, deck. Well, ideally, right? <laughs> Statistically, they're probably not still sitting there. Um, and you know, now you've got like a fresh top of your deck. So now. you're know you going to be drawing into more spells that are going to help you to win the game. Um, Force of Will is another really powerful card. And again, it doesn't really do much on the surface, um, but it protects you. um, Because sometimes people in Legacy, people can win on turn one. Um, So basically, there's combo decks that if you don't have a Force of Will in your hand, they're just automatically going to win the game. Yeah, And what Force of Will does is instead of having to pay mana, it has an alternate cost, which is you discard or you... Exile. exile a card a oh, blue card discard, from card it be real good yeah you discard a blue card from your hand and then you pay one life and you can counter any spell so some decks um like show and tell which is the one that you're interested in yep basically what they do is they they cheat a really really big creature out of their hand onto the battlefield that generally wins the game on the spot um or gets you so that the next turn you're just going to win the game and if you don't have that force of Will you could just lose the game on the spot, you know, because that creature's out and then you're going to play a land and then brainstorm or something, (laughs) you know, you're not going to be able to affect that creature generally. Um, So there's a... and, And... Legacy is so varied because you have, like, reanimator decks, which is decks where you put stuff in the graveyard and you reanimate these big, crazy creatures. You've got tempo decks, like I was talking about. You have sneak and show, which is you play these big, giant creatures out of your hand, but you cheat them out. Um, You've got decks that play almost nothing but lands, and their lands are just really powerful, and they do these crazy things. Um, You've got decks um, like Eldrazi, which are just really efficient creatures, Um, And they have, you know, lots of lands that produce, like, extra mana for these creatures so that you can get them out quick. Um, You've got decks like Goblins, which, you know, it's kind of like a burn deck, which is also a good deck in Legacy, Um, but... Every once in a while, these like goblin decks just show up out of nowhere and they just win tournaments and stuff. And I mean, there's just so many interesting decks, and the field is so varied that I think that you get a lot out of Legacy. Um You got storm decks, which are another type of combo deck, which I won't really go into, but it's basically a, a deck that can potentially win on turn two. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to it, and you have all these crazy powerful things. But then you've got, like I said, tempo decks that fight through all of these insane things that are going on around them, and they're just playing little one-mana spells, and it's like this, you know, and they're just fighting through it, and I think that, that the fact that you can have um, a card like Delver of Secrets, which he, he's basically a 3-2, uh, a 3-power 2-toughness for 1, the fact that you can have a little creature like that that can, you can hedge your bets on to win you the game in a field where you're playing 15-15 Eldrazi's that, you know, have Annihilator 6, which blows up all your stuff, and they're like immune to basically all spells and you know it's just it gives you another (laughs) turn after you cast like the fact that that little guy can stand up to that because of the other spells that you have just amazes me Yeah. You know, and that's that's what I love about Legacy. Um, so the deck that I'm want that i starting with, you know, we were talking about you're doing the Sneaking Shows because you like big, crazy monsters and, uh, you know, I think... I like, like Cheating Stuff into Play. Yeah, you that's, like that's Cheating Stuff into Play and you like Combo now, even though you hated it before. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always been, you know, more of a tempo player, so I'm going to do a deck called uh, Death Shadow and basically what Death Shadow is, is it's a tempo deck where you have pretty much nothing but free or one mana spells and... Um, and it has the little Delver of Seekers that I was talking about earlier. That's the 3-2. Um, but it also has Death Shadow, which is the namesake of the deck. And he costs one black. Um, and he's a 13-13. Which sounds insane. And I mean, he does get insane. But you give him minus one for every life life that you have so if you have 20 life he comes in as a zero zero and just automatically dies dies. (laughs) so you have to get him down to 12 life Mm -hmm. you have to get yourself down to 12 life to even make him a one one so what this deck does is it does a whole bunch of damage to you the whole game and then you just eke out a win on this guy with you know with like three life left.
0: <laughs> yeah. You
1: know? And and it's kind of crazy that you can do it because there's cards that are very common in the format called Lightning Bolt, which literally just deals three damage to you. Um, any target, right? Yeah, any target. You or your creature or whatever. Um, so the fact that a deck like that can win in Legacy, I think, is just really yeah. awesome. Plus... I've got the the really expensive cards I already still have from when I played legacy before, so that that's also yeah. a reason that I'm kind of leaning towards that um but it's gonna it's it's gonna be really fun i'm I'm glad that you're you're interested in legacy um I didn't want to play legacy again until we started playing all this commander and stuff and uh it's nice to have a friend that plays Legacy because that was that was the main reason that I quit Legacy before was that none of my friends played Legacy. Um, just the people that I played with at like the comic shop, but none of my like friends, you know, yeah. close friends that I hung out with every day. So like I would go to like big tournaments and stuff like that, and I'm by myself. Yeah, and it's just. It's no fun. It's just not fun. Like, I, I flew to Vegas by myself. You know, I hung out in Vegas for a week by myself. Um, you know, I, I met a couple people that I knew there, but it wasn't like we were, like, hanging out the whole time and stuff like that. So it just kind of – it just wasn't as fun because I didn't have somebody to talk about Legacy sure. with and, you know, that kind of stuff. So And even,
0: like, we were talking about playtesting and doing yep. that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, it's going it, to – it'll help, certainly. Um, yeah, it's funny. You mentioned you had the most expensive card. So I've bought um, probably – I don't know, let me look at my list. I want to say I've probably got close to 60 or 70% of the actual card. Like, if we're talking by numbers, mm-hmm. like, I need 75 cards and i probably got 60 ish, 70% of those cards by number. Right. But I've probably <laughs> spent, but i probably only spent 30 or 40% of the money at most. Probably closer to 30%. Right. Um, <laughs> because almost 50% of the value of the deck is concentrated in three cards. So, really and 50, over 50% is concentrated in five cards.
1: Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's kind of crazy. Legacy is not for everybody. If you're interested in Legacy um, there's yeah. other formats you should start with. And then if you're yeah, still yeah, well, interested in, if you, you want to play magic, right? <laughs> like I would not start with
0: this simply cause it's such a money sink. Yeah. Um, and if you don't like it, um, it's not the worst thing in the world cause your cards do have the good thing. That is the one good thing I will say about this versus another game. Um, maybe like Pokemon or something where mm-hmm. there's a, it's just a standard rotation where yeah. the cards you buy in a, in a matter of three months might fall out of rotation and they're basically worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing about this format in Magic is even if you decide you don't like it, um, as long as you buy smart, yep. um, typically, like, you're not really going to lose a ton of money.
1: Mm-hmm. And you might make money. I you mean, you like very you well
0: you very well might. And you could lose it, too. But, yeah. I mean, my, my point being, though, it's not like when you want to go sell a card that you paid $500 for, which is not out of the that's reality for some of these cards. Yeah. Like, even at the worst, I mean, yeah, it might be $300. bucks. mm hmm but you still get you know sixty percent of your value back, um, and, and assuming you've we used need it, to
1: get Isaac to play Legacy. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know. But assuming you've you've uh, you've you've played enough with it to even mm. get to that point, I mean that's getting sixty percent of your value back. You've spent maybe a couple hundred dollars, if, even if you lost money um, building and playing the deck. I mean that's. But the, me the, I mean there are
1: it. there are budget decks now. When I say budget decks, I mean we're talking about Legacy and we're talking about Magic here. Like Magic is not a cheap not, It's not a cheap game.
0: No, well, let, let's rephrase that. So it's not cheap to do it any level above entry casual. Yeah. You can you can one hundred percent go buy Planeswalker decks. You can one hundred percent go buy pre-constructed Commander mm-hmm. decks. You can go buy uh, Challenger decks, yeah. and you can and you play, can still have a lot of fun. Playing you can those. play Magic, mm. and you can have fun playing those. But as soon as you start to play with people that are constructing decks themselves, mm-hmm. you're gonna lose. Yeah. Um. And that's really I, I just want to clarify that because I don't want it to seem like yeah, I, I can't play Magic. People, yeah. Because because what happens typically is people will buy something cheap, right? They'll really enjoy it Mm -hmm. then they'll see somebody else playing or they'll play with somebody else and yeah they might get their ass handed to them but that other person's doing some really cool stuff and Mm -hmm. you're like i want to do that cool stuff yeah and and then you kind of you know you dip your big your toe in and then Mm -hmm. and then before you know it, you've spent five thousand dollars on cards but um yeah i mean it's just one of those things where in it in a even standard i mean is going to be probably the cheapest
1: Mm -hmm. um but i mean there are legacy decks out there that you can get into for the same price as a standard deck, like goblins. Yeah. I think you could probably make a goblins deck for five hundred bucks, and it would be competitive. Like goblins is one of the scariest matchups because you just don't know what the heck they have in their hand. Like yeah. <laughs> they can have anything in their hand, and uh, you know it's it's always scary. Like any time that somebody plays a goblin, you're like, is that one? Is that the one that's going to kill me? Okay, not yet, not yet. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I, you know, I guess the difference being. Where you can certainly get a legacy deck for, you know, a well, quote-unquote budget price, you're just limited. Like, yeah. you can't look at the format and say, okay, I want to play this kind of deck. hmm And then pretty much be in a reasonable price range. Whereas with standard, you can probably do that. Yeah. You can probably play a lands deck. You can play a control deck. You can play an aggro deck and you can probably all be in a reasonable price range, Mm -hmm. but that's not the case. Like if you're playing budget legacy, you're pretty much like, all right, I get to pick between these
1: two. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you can, there are ways around it. Like you can buy some of the cheaper lands, um, and you can kind of get away with it. You can't compete at the highest level with those lands. Um, because they do damage to you. That's the problem with That's the difference between the lands in legacy and the lands in modern is the lands in legacy are perfect. The lands in modern do harm to you. And you're never going to see those lands reprinted from legacy because they're on the reserve list. And if you're not familiar with the, what the reserve list is, it's basically Wizards of the Coast, which is the owner of Magic the Gathering, made a statement years and years ago that cards from X day would never be reprinted because or
0: functional recopies or
1: functional reprints of those cards um ever again um because they wanted to maintain that collector's value um and I think that that's a lot of people want to see the reserve list go away but I think that the reserve list is one of the one of the things that really holds magic together it's the reason why this game is still around 25 years later, um, is because partially because of the reserve list, because they know. People know that have been playing this game for a really long time that their cards that they've had since of a reserve list are not going to just go from being really valuable to be worth nothing. Okay, when that that can happen, but it's going to happen gradually if that starts happening because yeah. people are going to start trickling out of the and and you can just sell out of your cards real you know and just be done with it. But if they reprinted an underground C, it would go from being worth 800, 800 bucks two hundred to. Bucks 200. to I mean, maybe even less than that, because if they ever did it... It would depend on volume, People would buy every single copy... Of that set that that they could possibly print like it would be so oversaturated, and there would be no reason for wizards to not sell as many as they possibly could yeah you know um so i mean it could drop i mean it could drop down to 50 bucks you know if they if they reprinted enough of them um so that's i mean that's one of the biggest reasons that legacy is where it is and it's one of the people's issues with legacy is that it to get into legacy is not cheap um, but you can do it for cheap if you want to, um, and you can still have fun. and You can still play. You just can't play at the highest level with with a budget deck. Um, and I don't mean like save, the, I don't save mean for the, the legacy budget decks. Yeah,
0: save for the mono-colored decks.
1: Basically. But I mean like you can't do it with it. You can't play my deck with all shocklands. There are some shock lands in it because it's part of the strategy of hurting yourself right. so that you can do more damage but you can't play at the highest levels because every percent counts you know when you're playing if you're playing at the top eight of a grand prix well,
0: i mean you you know you're talking one shock and one fetch extra
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's a lightning bolt that kills you yeah i mean yep. you know i mean that's that's the difference right mm-hmm. you can withstand a lightning bolt versus you can't yeah. I mean, um, so I, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But uh, again, the only—I mean—the only reason that I'm even remotely interested in doing it or, or okay with doing it is because I know that at the end of the day, like, I don't have nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of the one of one of the other positives is that there aren't a lot of grand prizes for legacy. It's a good and a bad thing. But the reason that I think it's a good thing is is because it's like, well, you know that the one, uh, you know, the one or three, I guess, I think there's like three to five a year or something like that. Um, But you know... You can plan for that one. If you want to go to one big tournament a year, you can say, okay, I'm going to Grand Prix Vegas because every year, hopefully, I mean, every year that I've I've been aware, they've done Legacy. I don't know that they did Legacy this year, but I'm pretty sure they did. Um, but every every year that I've seen it, they've done Standard, Modern, and Legacy. But it's, I mean, it's the best one to go to, and it's in Vegas, so you can do all the stuff you can do in Vegas on top of that. Um it's well worth it. Um, but, you know, you can plan for this one tournament and you go and you play Legacy, you know, all weekend and enjoy yourself at this tournament and play in other tournaments at the tournament because the Grand Prix are much more than just the Grand Prix. Um, and, and you get a lot out of it. Whereas if you're playing in standard, there's much more of a grind. Um, like, a lot of people will go to every single Grand Prix within, yeah. you know, a three-hour Yeah, and drive. I don't want to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, to
0: me, this is, yeah, it, it'll be fun to play competitively. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something that I want to feel like a chore. Yeah. Um, I like playing on competitive levels from a gameplay standpoint. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to feel like a job. Right. Um, So I I, kind of like that. Like you Mm -hmm. said, I mean, I think it's, you know, even it's going to be an event, right? Like, it's not like, oh, we're going to go play this again. It's like, yeah, we're going to do this once or twice a year, man. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to be a thing. You know, it's not just like it's another weekend. Yeah. Um, And I mean, even, uh, you know, we were talking with someone at Cardinal um and and he was saying yeah man it's just there's not a lot of people doing this you know a lot lot of people play legacy yeah you know the only thing i know is it it, at this other store uh once a week and he said even then turnout's not that great all the time and it's like okay yeah does that suck certainly but it's not it's not that uh, scarcity is a good thing right um in a, in a lot of respects right because it's going to make it worth it like this is supposed to be a hobby it's supposed to be something that's fun mm-hmm. um you know it's kind of the same thing as uh when you were 18 drinking was a lot more fun than when you turned 21 yeah
1: because
0: all Absolutely. of a sudden the thing that you could it was it was for the forbidden fruit the thing that you couldn't mm-hmm. do all the time was now all easy and if it was yeah. monday at nine thirty in the morning if i wanted to go get drunk at a bar i could do that right no, it, it I mean it, its and that's another it's reason appeal, that right? I got
1: kind of burnt out on playing the last time that I played is because I went to like every tournament that I could, and then I played Magic online on top of it. So like three or four days a week, I would go to yeah. to play in a tournament at Through the Decades, and then on Saturdays I'd go play in a tournament at uh, Bluegrass Magic, and then. The days that I wasn't, I was playing Magic, you know, online. And again, I just didn't have anybody to talk to about it. So, like, that's one of the most important things to me about these games is the social aspect. Like, I can go, I can still talk to my friends that play at the card shop or whatever but they're not like most of them are not like my good friends were i'm gonna have like a real conversation with them and talk about magic and you know it's it's just not gonna be the same um but having a friend that you know like a close friend that plays magic uh it makes it a lot more enjoyable because it's like hey you know, look at this card I got. You know, and it, mm-hmm. it's not going to be the same. Whereas if you're talking to somebody at the card shop, you know, they are just, you know, they're like, "Oh well, just whatever. bragging about this card." Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just like, or you know, I've got ten of that card. You know, yeah. It's just, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, and the other part is, I mean, we've we've talked about it multiple times on the show. The social aspect of any of these games, whether mm-hmm. it's video games, D and D, Magic, Warhammer, anything you might play, the the thing that makes them fun is the people. Yeah. Um, which is why I, have, I struggle a lot of times with single player video games. Mm-hmm um it's why i you know i mean doing something um what did i try and do uh two years ago i tried to play warhammer um and i bought some but i didn't it was just me yeah I was like, I'm just going to buy these and, and build them and paint them, and then I'm going to go up to the, the Games Workshop store, and I'm going to play there, hmm. and I'll meet people. And I was like, it was really not motivating because, um, you know, there was just, it, it, I was by myself. I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. Right. You know, I'm looking at the rule sheets for these characters, and A, I have some questions, so it'd be nice to have somebody to kind of bounce ideas off of, mm-hmm. or try and work through it with somebody, or even, you know, someone that actually knows it, or whatever, I right. mean, Um, just, but the fact that it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I have to resort to every question I have, everything I want to do is, is some online I'm Googling, looking through forums like that just gets old. And then a lot
1: of people, I mean, like online is a good resource, but my thing about it is, is that if that's all of your experience with it, you're not really going to understand, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then on top of that, like some people online just don't give you good information. (laughs)
0: What you never get is context. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times there'll be, don't get me wrong there are certainly some people that take the time when they answer a question to give context mm-hmm. and really give a well-rounded answer. Right. But the problem is you're reading an answer typically to somebody else's question yeah. whose context is probably not the same as the question that you're trying to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and especially, what, and this might not be true if you're trying to like figure out how to get through something on a video game, right? Because right. the
1: context is the same. Right.
0: But in the context of a game that has complicated strategy,
1: and, and, you're, and you have different rules. opponents. That's, what, different I'm yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. The
0: context is just different because my situation that I'm, let's say I'm trying to learn the rules for, for Warhammer or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, but I read this other rule, and I'm not sure how that interacts with this rule yep. in this situation. And it's like the, the, the chances of me finding someone asking that exact question is probably not likely. Right. I can probably find something involving one of those rules, and and maybe kind of make um you know extrapolate on something, and kind of maybe understand. Mm-hmm. But but having somebody that has experience, or even just having somebody to talk to discuss with it, discuss it with, um, that is also plays games and has those you know other context and experience from other things. I mean, um, is nice. Um, so. I mean and, and even just like you said the enjoyability factor of having somebody that that you you it's not like you're you're not you're doing it together but in in, in, in and um I don't it's not like it's not like a team thing but it almost is right like you said like oh, I've got this card like look at it you know I mean my big thing is, is the
1: better player you are the better player I'm going to be. You well, sure. know what I'm I mean that, so yeah
0: that I mean that's what I, I also talked about that last night right yeah. is I mean practice is always makes perfect. So whether that's we're discussing things, whether that's we're playing the game, whatever that is as far as practice goes, the better mm-hmm. we'll both get. Um, and and it's it's only a positive, um, you know. Versus, it's hard to when you go for random people, you don't really know what you're getting into, right? Um, and, and you don't really know your source of information, right? Like, I know I can trust you pretty well. You've done pretty well at these tournaments. You've been doing it for a long time. There's a lot of things that. You know, versus a random guy that's just at the card shop. Well, if I don't know anything about the game, and somebody's yeah. telling me, "Oh well, man, you need these cards," and they say right. something that they that sounds good on the surface, but maybe in in actuality,
1: or for the certain circumstance or context that I'll be using something in, it doesn't really make sense. Right. I mean, like like the statement "brainstorm" is one of the most powerful cards in Legacy. Yeah. Like if you don't understand the context of that, then you're going to look at that card face
0: value like this is a stupid card. Yeah, this card makes no
1: out. sense. Or you're going to be the exact opposite, and you're going to be like, man, I need this card in every single deck that I ever make because yeah, it's, it's the, the best, best card. card. And it's it, that's not what makes it the best card. That, what makes it the best card is that you're playing that card at the right time to make the right decisions to, to make the rest of the game more powerful you know it's an enabler you know yeah or or protection right or protection which is
0: that to me is the way cooler usage of that right so one of the popular cards in legacy is thought which allows you for one black to look at your opponent's hand and discard one of their cards Mm -hmm. well if you're running a combo deck that would seem like a pretty bad thing if you have your best combo piece in your hand and you're like you know you're getting all ready you're like all right next turn here it comes i'm gonna i'm gonna lay the smack down i'm gonna win the game and someone it's like oh yeah let me look at your hand Oh, I see that count. Because, again, there's only 15 or so decks. Mm -hmm. You know what everybody's trying to accomplish. And you're like, yeah, that's going in the graveyard. And then all your plans are over. But what if instead, when they play Thoughtseize, you could say, ah, before you do that, let me play this Brainstorm. And those... The two best cards in my hand, mm-hmm. they're gonna go right on top of my deck. Yep. And you can discard, and I'll put some lands in there. Yeah. Or something that you, <laughs> that you don't want, right? Yep. Um. So you know, it, it's a really, it's it's effects are understated, right? It just for someone that is new that might not understand that, you're mm-hmm. like, so I get to draw a card, and I kind of get to pick which cards I draw from the top three in my yeah. deck. I mean, yeah, that's better. It's good, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's not a fifteen fifteen creature. It's not um, a counterspell. It's not. Yep. A, a lightning
1: bolt that's going to
0: deal something damage or blow a creature up. Um, so but it can find
1: you those things, and that's what that's what makes it powerful. Like It allows you to get rid of what's well, you're, not useful yeah. and hopefully find what is useful.
0: Well, Because you're always playing against statistics, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt, that, that's when, whenever you're playing a card game where you're shuffling and drawing at random, you're not fighting your deck because your deck is good. If yeah. you have the cards you need in your hand, you're going to win for the most part, right? Yeah. Um, but the problem is... You don't always get the cards you need, right? So one of the best things you can do in the game is get the things you need, mm-hmm. and and you can do that by drawing cards. You can do that by looking through the top of your deck. You can do yep. that by tutoring. I mean, there's a thousand ways to do it. But at the end of the day, I mean, even stuff like disc, like in the reanimator deck, well. What if we just dredge cards, and I put cards in my graveyard, and I can cast them from my graveyard? Mm-hmm. That's another method of finding cards that I need. Right. Um, and, and that's really the, the the best way to win the game, mm-hmm. is to find the cards you need reliably and consistently, and Brainstorm's going to help you do that.
1: Yeah, and it's, a, it's another reason why um, if you ask a... A veteran of the game why they don't just play with 61 cards instead of 60 cards they cringe a little bit because you start you start messing with the statistics of the deck you know the more cards that you add the more that you're diluting that deck and the more that you're taking away from your most powerful cards yeah i mean
0: it's one of the commander it's one of the things that make commander a really interesting format right um because not only do you have uh, well, I guess it would be roughly what's 60% more cards or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 66% more cards. You've also got only one of each card. Yeah. So whereas in a, in a standard 60 card deck, you've got four of each of your important cards, which means not only because you have more of the cards, but because you have less total cards means the likelihood that you'll get that card right. is a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Um, versus in commander, it's like dude, I mean, you, you know, it's kind of, The interesting thing is you can mulligan your hand, right? So you can, when you draw your first hand, if it doesn't have what you need, you can redraw, basically. Mm -hmm. In Commander, you can draw back up to seven. Other formats, you can draw back up to six. But that opening hand is probably the most important thing in the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to sculpt the whole rest of the game game in Commander.
0: Because, yeah, and and so in Commander, you will almost never draw the perfect opening hand. Mm Mm-hmm it's just probably not gonna happen right right you let's so um in my deck right i need uh three cards on top of my commander well really i need four cards because i need something to win with once I, <laughs> I pull a combo off yeah um then i need uh well i guess i could do it with two but regardless but then i need the mana right so i either need lands in the right color combination mm-hmm. really i need more than three assuming i've got the other four cards i need yep and then, or I need ramp spells or something to like to get me to the mana to be able to cast these creatures. But the likelihood of that happening is almost zero. Mm-hmm. So instead, you have to rely on other ways to go do that, right? Yeah. Um, or you have to have a bunch of like B and C level strategies that like if I don't am I'm not able to do this thing that are that is the number one way I'm trying to win mm-hmm. how do I also get to that point yeah, right absolutely um, which makes deck building kind of a challenge I think yeah. um, because you can't reliably count on doing this one thing you want to do mm-hmm. um Whereas I think in Legacy, it's and it's one of the things I'm excited about, is I think you can you can practice better, right? Um, because you're you're trying to accomplish a specific goal. The variety in hands that you'll draw is very different, is is a lot less. Um, the variety in cards you have to know, how they interact with the other cards, right. is a lot less. I, I mean, mean, it's one of those things, like, you know, even last night, um, it was the first time I had played my deck um, since I, I guess it was, was it last night? Two nights ago? Yeah. Whenever it was, whenever we played... Um, no it was last night. yeah it was like we're all messed up, <laughs> yeah, we're messed way, up. new year's messed yeah. up <laughs> um, so you know it was the first time i played my decks since i had rebuilt probably about 40 percent of it um so we're going through these situations and i'm like all right i need to do this thing but i'm really not sure what's in here that does that thing <laughs> like i'm pretty sure i've got something in here that does that or something close enough to it right. to, to, to pull to do the thing but i so i'm sitting there like thumbing through my deck trying to find a card like trying to read them at the same time mm-hmm. and in legacy that's really not going to be an issue because i've only got so many right and once i play got a like
1: 15 of, cards you have to have memorized yeah which is
0: no <laughs> no big deal because i already know what most of them do right um so it's just a matter of understanding how they interact with one another and, and how they're going to interact with the other decks and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then it's you know it's going to be easy to know every time here's what i need to do here's what i need to look for yeah. um and that sort of thing so um that's one of the reasons i do like commander though because of that variability right um, I think they're good. It's, they're they're such different formats that I, I think that's the reason I'm kind of excited is because yeah. um, they both have benefit right. Um, com- you can always expect a game of commander for the most part um, to go a little different, mm-hmm. um, and you even if you have some bulletproof strategies in your deck, it's not a certainty that you're going to walk away winning.
1: Yep. Oh, it's um, never a certainty to this. No, away no, running, that's um, for
0: sure. In the in the higher level that you play, again, I mean the you know. At lower levels, I felt like once our decks would get to a critical mass, like there's just nothing that you could do to really stop it. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I feel like even if that person does get to that critical mass, there are the decks that we're playing with are to the point where it's like they still can. Well, I mean, last night,
1: what did everybody say? Like if there was just one more turn, like I had exactly what yep. I needed to win the game. Yeah, you know. What I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. So, like you're just you just have to be that deck that uh, they can pull it off on turn seven instead of turn eight. You know. Yeah. Or if
0: you're Animar turn four. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. But,
0: but yeah. yeah but mean, Legacy it's... is the opposite, right? So you you have this more these more consistent lines of play. Mm. Um. And I feel like the reason I'm I'm looking forward to that is because sometimes in Commander um i feel lost like i'm like i know that i have the things that i need and the things there are so many ways to approach a problem and it's like is this the right one or is this the right one or or whatever whereas in legacy i feel like once you get into the groove it's going to feel much more it's going to be more second nature Mm -hmm. like oh this yeah whereas in commander sometimes it's like well is this card the right answer or is this card the right answer or do i just do nothing and wait right. and see what's right on the top of my deck like you know I, and that's the tricky part yeah. like do i play my commander now or do, uh, that guy's got a bunch of mana open is he going to counterspell it mm-hmm. yeah i don't know but but if i don't play it now then i don't get to do play this card next turn and that's and then will somebody else you know have their board state built to a point where i can't come back from it and it's just more complicated right um and it, i mean it's good because it's it's Critical thinking, but the problem is, is I just take too long. I think um, there's a lot for me to think about, um, and I need to probably spend more time look at like learning my deck. Um, but like kind of like what we talked about last night is, um, and one of the things I'm looking forward to with legacy is that it's it's quicker to play, it's less
1: of an investment, mm-hmm.
0: and and it is a two, it, at, at the end of the day, it's still a two player format. So yeah. uh, like, we could play commander one v one, but it's going to be boring,
1: right? Yeah, it's just it's definitely it, not the same. It, 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 it's it, it going to the whole dynamic. It's going to be
0: who again? It's going to go back to that who gets critical mass, who has the better opening hand. Who has more of the pieces they need right off the bat Mm -hmm. is going to be about who's faster. Yep. That's it. 100%. Um, Because what happens with more people is that there's more chances for people to disrupt. Yeah. Whereas if I draw the right hand and you don't have any way to stop what I'm doing and you only have 80% of the pieces you need, well, that's it. Mm-hmm. but there's a chance that maybe the third or fourth player might have counter magic or might have a board wipe or might have a creature that's gonna do something to, to disrupt me yeah absolutely um so so you know with more players it kind of makes more sense um versus in legacy you know we and and then it's also the game time right i mean
1: yeah some, i mean in legacy you know in a tournament of legacy you have 55 minutes to play three games right whereas a game of commander might be 55 to 110 minutes. If you're minutes. lucky, if <laughs> yeah. you're lucky, a game 50, only 55 minutes. Like. Yeah, I mean, most of the time it's about two hours, I <laughs> yeah. would say. Yeah.
0: Um, but again, um, they're both good, right? Because we have more fun, like it's, it's more low pressure. You're kind of mm. sitting around the table and, you know, you're when it's not your turn you're paying attention to what's going on but, yeah, it's the but same, you might
1: go grab some chips or run yeah the bathroom you're, you're looking quick. on your phone or you're
0: talking to the guy next to you or whatever right. like it's not a you're not 100 focused like it's more of a social thing yeah you know obviously you want to pay attention to what's going on but you've got you know a lot of times somebody's tutoring through their deck mm-hmm. or they're just playing some like stuff that you and just you, don't you need can to.
1: smack talking and commander you can't really do that no and like like legacy is just, you know, it's not not that you well, you probably can't actually. It's probably against the tournament rules yeah, it's or something like good sportsmanship. That. <laughs> but I mean, you know, in commander it's casual, so it's not like, you know, it's not like you're really trying to insult anybody. No. You know, you're just just having a little bit of fun.
0: Yeah. So I mean, they're both different, but again, so we'll be able to play more my whole point in that story was. We'll be able to play more games more mm-hmm. frequently which will let me be better and know the deck quicker. So that's one of the issues is we go play commander once a week um, and we might play literally sometimes we've gone up there, played one game, Mm -hmm. Um, which when you've got again, a hundred card deck to learn and every card is different. Yeah. You know, that's going to take you a while to learn that deck. So again, with legacy, it's like, I feel like we go play for two, three weeks. I'll have played that deck more than I've ever played my command, any of my commander decks. Right yeah
1: um and like i said i mean you know if you wanted to play test or something like that proxy on this kitchen table right here yeah you know and it's you know it's not going to be too much of an investment to play no No,
0: i mean not at all so i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be a lot of fun um yeah i mean we still are up at cardinal guys just so you know on monday's plan commander um and don't feel intimidated again i mean we always are willing to help new people learn and, and whatnot um You know, when I I don't know that we actually, I think the only unfortunate part is I think we've, you might have some pre constructed deck.
1: I know, I think we've gotten to the point where we've kind of. I think I might have one that I. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> toward open. But uh, I mean, you know, if if you want to come play, we've got decks we, you can we use, can figure yeah. something out. I mean, like I've got a deck that that's pretty straightforward. I mean, you're just casting red spells. You're casting them on one thing, so it's not even like you got to really think pick about pick target. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just it's uh it's a fun little deck. Um, and then I've got a dragon deck, which uh, you know I probably won't let you play with that for a while because I need to, to get some mileage on that one. Well, but, you're doing uh,
0: pretty good for not having a lot of <laughs> mileage on it. Um, it's pretty consistent. I mean you've got a built in tutor, right? So yeah. yeah. it's it's a fun little
1: fun little deck. And and it's dragons, so who can't who can be upset about it? <laughs> I mean when we first started playing Commander again, that was like the first thing that I like, said. I was like, I want to build, like, a, dragon want to build a dragon deck and I just didn't know how to do it. And then finally you know we got to the point where i was like all right i think i think i know what i want to do for this dragon deck and then i started kind of looking at what what kind of fit into it and it kind of fell along with the theme that i wanted and here it is yeah
0: i mean you basically (laughs) cheat cheat big dragons into play
1: yeah it's kind of like a
0: it is (laughs) yeah i mean you get to like i said you get you get to your point and then uh, it's kind of hard to stop you right yeah um not that it's impossible because it's happened, but um, it you know, and it's interesting. So the the really interesting thing about commander, and this is, it's also really interesting. Um, when you play with the same group, mm-hmm. is um that different commanders and or different people will like disproportionately draw like the table hate. Oh yeah. Which is really, like I said, it adds this really interesting social dynamic to it because it's not, you know, when you're going to play a deck at, like in a legacy tournament, right? Like, you don't know this guy. Mm hmm. And, and it is what it is. Um, you, your only opponent also is him, right? <laughs> yeah. But when you're playing in a group of four people, you have three potential opponents. When mm-hmm. I have a counterspell in my hand, you have to weigh, who do I use this counterspell? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that experience is going to be kind of tinted by, um, oh, this other guy I played used that commander, and he did some crazy stuff, mm-hmm. and I lost really bad twice. And, and so you're playing the same one, so
1: I'm going to I got to yeah. make sure you're not doing anything, or or it's just you had to turn one soul right?
0: Yeah, I mean it, that's what I'm saying. It could be anything though, right? Yeah. It could also be I'm just picking on so and so today because I want to. Yeah. I mean it could be any reason, Absolutely. right? Um, so it's just kind of interesting because there's a lot of times when you're sitting there playing the game, you're like, what the hell? Like I'm yeah. really not even doing anything over here, and you're just you're all just shitting on me and you know and then somebody else sneaks a win in because yeah.
1: they were up there building their board state or they gave everybody else pizza before the game
0: yeah i mean but, but you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. someone someone is kind of sneaking this stuff together and they're like how did you win it's like well because you burned all your fucking counter magic picking on this guy right it didn't really do anything <laughs> <laughs> um but it kind of adds it's it's frustrating but it's also fun um because you can kind of do the same thing too right it's as much as that happens to you, you can blow somebody else's stuff up for no reason yep. too, um, and and uh, it, it just the the outcome is not predictable.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like you know, it, it's just funny, especially the first person to attack the first person is usually like the person to get the most animosity early on cuz it's like like Maybe. even if you hit somebody for one damn it well the guy that was sitting across from me he attacked me with a tutu no he attacked I, me first no i'm sorry, but he attacked me though like at some point yeah. with that little tutu and i was like oh it's on now yeah. <laughs> you know I'm, saying? I'm like I like well you're you know, you're that little tutu's gonna die and then you're dying after yeah. <laughs> like I, I do not appreciate what you just did to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um and that's why I really appreciate like the do, the the deck that Joe was playing, like with Vile Smasher. Yeah. Like those are the fun cards and let like let's be real, like those kind of cards in Commander are just fun.
1: That that deck. <laughs> yeah. So we played this game. Well, actually, you played two games with him, and he played the same deck. And so what Vile Smasher does is every time you play... F- no, the first first sorcery. Okay, i sorry. The first sorcery that you play every turn, or the every even, turn. the first spell that you play every turn, I think it is. Not just sorcery. Cause okay. You hit me with a gutter snipe. But anyway, it randomly targets any player or planeswalker. And, uh, the, any the, the, opponent. Any, yeah. yeah, any opponent. And so every single time... It hit me once. It, did it? Yep. No, it hits you, but it, they reversed it because oh, I had the, you, you had the Planeswalker, and then it hit me. Yeah. <laughs> so technically, it, it hit Corey, but it never actually hit Corey. It hit me every single... like Even when we put... I was like, oh, well, you should have randomized for the Planeswalker... It didn't hit my planeswalker. It hit me. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I was sitting at, like, 20-something life out of 40, um, only or just from this 2-2 hitting me one time, and then this vial smasher just throwing everything that it could at me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty disgusting but but it was fun right because it you know and at that point it's not really him doing it
1: no it's not it's not him at all it's, it's
0: just the dice I, I was, was getting, getting
1: I was getting salty about them dice though I was like what the hell man every yeah. single time <laughs> and the game before he hit me like three times with it and then that game I'm just like how is this possible? like how is this statistically possible like right. there's just no way I should be getting hit every single time yeah.
0: but anyways <laughs> I mean it's, it's a lot of fun and there's there's a lot of
1: cards that are viable in commander but not viable in in any other format yeah that like that. i think that's the best thing about commander is that you can play with these little five cent cards yeah and they can just do stuff that like people are like what the hell you could what what do you mean you can do that?
0: <laughs> yeah so there there's one that uh I, I, don't, I don't remember what it's called and i don't ever really want to play in a game with it but i would it would be really hard not to just scoop if it was played but it basically takes everything that's in play and exiles it i don't know um, it takes everything in play, exiles it, and then you go around the table and pick. So you basically build the build, rebuild your board states one by one from everybody's stuff. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't remember that card.
0: Yeah, it's some red card, man. It's
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty
0: crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't know that I want to like sit here and, you know, if you got 12, 15, 20 things in play, it's like, shit, man. That's, that's going to take a while. Yeah and it's like you, you know it'd be kind of fun though because it's like the first person that goes steals your big dragon or something mm-hmm. and you know somebody else is stealing some other crazy enchantment or whatever yeah. i mean it'd be kind of cool um and it just how do you play through that kind of stuff you know right um there there at that point your strategy just doesn't exist
1: it's literally just chaos <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so uh it, there's cool stuff like that that happens in commander it's not going to happen in any other format um but yeah legacy's i think it's going to be fun um I don't know, hopefully in the next month or so I'll probably have the rest of it um, so we can actually play. Um,
1: yeah, hopefully I'm on the hunt for foil cards.
0: Yeah, Chris is uh, Chris is a bougie over there. He's got to have everything <laughs> foiled out except for the lands, which are well, not foiled.
1: Yeah, just the two underground, underground seas, seas yeah. are they never came out in foil, which is a shame. But yeah, those would cost like I 10, feel like that, I need I need to
0: build a black blue deck because I've got an underground sea. <laughs>
1: just throw it in the deck. You just <laughs> pull out this underground sea, and people are like, "What is it? What is this new tech?" I've Man, never. seen what would be funny is
0: if that affected somebody's play state because, like, they thought I might have. Oh, I mean, some...
1: it absolutely can. I mean, if you look at how people construct legacy decks, like their fetch lands, like some people, like yeah, like
0: I've got the misty rainforest and the the uh, steam vents and the flooded strands. Right. I I don't have any mountains or any forests or any plains in the deck. Yeah, but but, but they don't but know like, that.
1: <laughs> but so playing uh, black and blue. Like if I play a black and green fetch land, like you have no idea what I'm playing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and that's gonna and your decisions on turn one are gonna make a huge difference on the whole rest of the game. Like if you see me hit with a black and green land, like you don't, you, you probably think, well, he might not have force of will in his hand, so it's time to go off. And then it's all of a sudden like, yeah, force of will, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, I mean, I, you know, that edge is only gonna happen on game one you know, against somebody that you've never played before. But, I mean, that edge can make a difference, you know? Yeah, so, well, yeah, certainly.
0: Um, I mean, because realistically, you're 30% of the way, or 50% of the way to the win, right? Yeah. So you catch them off guard in the one game and win because they put, made a bad play based on the thing you played. Mm-hmm. It still counts. Yeah. And, you
1: know, you, you've you only got to win one more. Yeah, and there's a lot to think about in Legacy. I mean, I think that the last time that they counted, there's like 15,000 cards in Magic the Gathering. and Yeah. Um, only well not like- in in legacy well oh, that's what I was getting at is only maybe 50 are banned from legacy so 14,950 cards that you yeah <laughs> but, but you know obviously actual, I mean I'm,
0: I'd be actual. I'd be interested to see the actual size of the play pool though yeah like like out of those top 20 decks what's the what's the variance in cards because mm. for the most part I, I mean it's probably 100 cards if yeah. you
1: if, if you take out lands it's probably a, actually probably not even
0: that's what I mean right lands, like but... every blue deck's gonna have force of will and brainstorm in it like mm. th- you know those kind of things are just so that all, all of a sudden and reduces the the number of variety by quite a bit. Right. Um but
1: you never know though. That's a, that's one of the other things about legacy is people bring these it's you know they're called jank decks but it's like they're just not the the meta game decks is what I what I consider a jank deck. Um and then it's just like all of a sudden you're like what? yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do against this. <laughs> um like, I remember I played against the deck a long time ago, um, for the first time it was a Lauren, and what a Lauren does, and, he, like, I had to read the card, like, three or four times, but basically it lets you play a creature from your hand, I can't remember if it has to do with the converted mana cost, or the power, I think it's, if their power is two or less, um, you can play them at instant speed, and in Legacy, <laughs> that's, that's kind of rough, like, oh, you go yeah. in for an attack... And all of a sudden, they play this, you know, you go for an attack with your, uh, you know, Grizzle Brand, which is, a, you know, a 7-7 Lifelink, you know, mon- flying monster. And then they play uh, Balefoss Strix, which is a 1-1 one, one with Death Touch.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sucks. Uh, they also get the draw card, I think. Yeah, but, they do. Um, it would suck, but it'd still be fine. So could you use his activated ability be- before that resolves? You can use it at any time. So, I mean, you could still draw your cards, mm-hmm. right? You get that. You'd still kill their Baleful Strix. Right. He, does he have Trample? No. No. But you're going to gain seven life. Mm-hmm. So you, you basically get to draw those cards for free. Right. Um, so it's not the worst thing in the world, but yeah. not the It would, it the would worst suck to but lose it's your... Like, it would suck to lose your...
1: But that deck card. has, like, infinite combos. So it has a card that every time you play it, I think it does, like, one or two damage to your opponent. And then they have a card that bounces it and... Um, I think you might even be able to. I can't. I haven't played this against this deck in a long time, but I think that you can even play those cards for free when a Lauren is out. So you just keep bouncing it, and it's just you an infinite down, loop. Yeah. And so it's it's another way to win. But uh, it's just just decks like that. Like I'd never seen that deck before, and then all of a sudden I'm playing against it. And I'm like, I have no idea what the key cards are for, for this are. Like I don't know. <laughs> like you know, there's cards like. Um, Cabal therapy, which is kinda of like uh were but instead, you name a card, so you don't get to see their hand. You just name a card, and then they reveal their hand. And if they have one or more copies of that then card, they have them. to discard them. So, you know, I'm playing against this deck, and I'm like, I, you know, I got a Cabal Therapy in my hand. And I'm like, uh, I no, don't no, even no, I know mean, what to target here. Yeah. Force of <laughs> yeah. Will? Yeah, that's, that's, what, <laughs> that's the go-to, is like, well, Force a Will. And, <laughs> no, of course, they didn't have that. But the nice thing about that card is once you see their hand, you sacrifice something and do it again. But um, I don't know, it's a there's, there's other cards where you can play cards from like exile. I think it's food chain is that deck is like, you can, you can uh, play cards from exile and it's just like, what do you mean? Like you can just exile that card again. Like normally when you exile something like it's gone, but these creatures like they're happy to be in exile. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so it's a way, you know, it's a uh, card advantage. Um, so I mean, it's, there's a lot of things in legacy. I mean, just like commander. I mean, I think that that's why I do like commander is because there's so many of these cards that, uh, you know, a lot of people just don't get to see every day that you can play in that. And, that, and Legacy is kind of the same. unless you play Legacy a lot, you'd be able to know what everything is but i mean like when i played at gp vegas um you know i played 15 rounds and i didn't play the same deck one time
0: that's crazy to me yeah especially considering how the the tier is i mean there's like like you said 10 or 15 decks
1: and i mean the further you go along i mean the high the the more difficult the decks that you're playing are because you're playing a higher level player right um so i mean it's it, it was really interesting i had a lot of fun doing that um so i'm really looking forward to getting you into legacy and yeah
0: hopefully i make it past round one
1: well, I mean, you always make it pass rounds. How? Like, it's not like... It, it, you oh, get so points you three, for every you, you lose for, How many losses? Um, Like, if you go to a Grand Prix, you can play all nine games. Like the, oh. So, day one is nine games. You can play all nine games. You don't get eliminated. You just can't go to day two if you don't have a certain record. I think you have to go seven and two to make it to day two. Okay. It might be six and three. But you have to have some, some record to go to day two. But you can play all the games on day one. So, it's not like you're just way sure. but but i mean like at a certain like some people like if they can't make it to day two they'll just stop play, they'll just drop from the tournament stop playing and go play like side events or something like yeah. that but i think it's beneficial to go ahead and just play it out like i always played it out sure. um it's
0: more experience right yeah
1: exactly and you're you're playing at a level of people that are near your level or slightly above your level you know at that point probably slightly above your level because like i said at the last tiers like most people have already dropped out that are that have a losing record so you're gonna be playing somebody with a winning record so mm-hmm. you're seeing these strategies and these ideas and stuff like that that you wouldn't normally be seeing so you know i mean I, I it always cracked me out when people go to tournaments and they dropped i'm like you know the reason that you lost is because every time that you're losing you drop out of the tournament yeah you know, you know what i'm saying that's yeah. That's, I mean,
0: practice always makes perfect, right? Yeah. So you can't learn. I mean... And like I said,
1: the most important thing is playing people that are better than... Like, if you're playing in a tournament, they're probably not going to tell you their strategy and whatnot, but I guarantee that if you wait a minute after the game and you want to talk to that person, unless they have something else that's going on, I bet you they'll talk to you about what you know what happened in that game, and I bet you that they'll give you pointers on like, hey, if you play against this deck next time, here's where yeah. I think you messed up. Yeah. Or, or here is where... I felt like I was going to lose, but you did this, you yeah. know? Um, and I think those are some of the best tips that you can get from people, especially against decks that you've never played against.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and in, in regardless, I mean, even like let's say you lose three games and drop. I mean, what if in the, the fifth and sixth games you would have played the same deck that you played in the third game, and then mm-hmm. you could you could try a different strategy? Yep. Or or you could be like, hey, that's where I lost last time. Let me try this instead. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and that's how you kind of figure it out, right, is, is, is losing. Yeah. And then in the same situation doing something different that yeah. might work and maintaining
1: right? that that humble approach to the game is going to make you enjoy it more too because if it's just like I well, lost lost awesome, salty, but, yeah. yeah and i i see people that play like that luckily in legacy you don't see that that much but in some of the other formats you do um and it's just because legacy tends to be a more mature crowd i mean it's not always not every uh, there's exceptions to every rule but for the most part, the decks are expensive enough that only certain people are playing Legacy. Um, So you get... A, a, just generally a different person a more mature person uh playing legacy you know i mean if you're 12 years old playing legacy like you're probably pretty smart you know <laughs> so you're probably not going to tilt who bought your goddamn easily.
0: underground z is what i want to know
1: Dumb, mine no i mean oh, that, 12 oh that legacy. <laughs> yeah well there was a i think there was a seven or six or seven year old girl that was playing at grand prix vegas really and she was beating people. i don't think I don't, no she was playing legacy she was playing elves in Legacy. Really? Yeah. Which at that time was a budget deck, not anymore. Um, but yeah, anyway. Guy's Cradle yeah. was a little expensive. Yeah. Yeah. They used to only be like a hundred bucks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I think that the, the continuing on is really important. I mean, not only in magic, the gathering, but in life, Yeah, right. it's like, you know, getting, getting salty and and tilting out and, and quitting in times that you could learn more from that situation. I think that there's just, it's just too easy because of like online games and stuff like that. Like, it's just so easy to just be like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. You know? Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, there might be times where I get frustrated, but it only makes me want to play more. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, I fucked up, but maybe I can not fuck up next time, you know?
1: And I mean, like, the only times that I ever felt, like, salty uh, playing, like, Magic and stuff like that to the point where I just needed to step away was, like, Magic Online. (laughs) And most of the time, it wasn't because... Like my opponent it's cause or anything. Because you click through it's combat I, or something. I, I screwed something up, and then I'm just like, "All right, I'm making mistakes. I need to step away." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there is a certain point where you're too tired or something like that. Okay, step away, stop playing for a little while, take that break, or maybe just sit out the next round. Like, you can still say, hey, I'm going to take a loss for this round, but I'll be back in the next round. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, you're still holding yourself accountable to play that next game, but you're taking that break. And, yep. you, I mean, you might need it. I mean, legitimately, like, if you're playing in a, a nine-round tournament, we said each game is 55 minutes. Each three games, right? Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Each, each round is 55 minutes. So... That's a minimum of nine hours. Wait, it's nine rounds. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's time between rounds. So this All is why, day. you know, we were talking about the other day, like buys yeah. are very important. Yeah, I'm sure. Because you get to sleep in a little bit. You only have to play seven games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, when those rounds really matter, you know, cause you're the last fresher. couple rounds yeah. you're, you're more fresh. Um,
0: yeah. I think that's, yeah, that, I mean, I uh, just want to talk about that a little bit. Cause it's something that we've been, uh, messing around with, um,
1: let us know if you guys play Legacy or thinking yeah, about playing Legacy. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I'd love to know how many, you know, especially in Louisville, if, how many people play Legacy. I know I've still got some friends that play Legacy, and uh, you know, I've talked to them this week, and they're still playing, so I'm kind of excited about that. But uh, I'd like to, I mean, meet new people that are playing Legacy absolutely. or think or even thinking about playing Legacy. If you want to learn about Legacy, I can I can teach you a lot that you need to know because I've I've been playing with those cards for. 20-something years. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, absolutely. So uh, I, I don't think um, we have any events this weekend. Uh, I think we're starting up with our first event of the year on the 22nd, I think. It's the Saturday. Next I thought
1: Saturday.
0: it was the seventh, 17th. I don't know. I'm, I'm terrible at dates. It might be the 17th. Hold on. Pulling or, up a calendar. I think we're both wrong, actually. But it's like... It's next Saturday, or two Saturdays. So uh, it is the 19th. 19th. We are was, both wrong.
1: Yeah. I um, knew it was that week. We, <laughs>
0: you, were, you were closer than I was, but we were both wrong. Yeah. Um, and that'll be at rec bar, right? Yeah. It's going to be at rec bar. We'll be back at the OG spot for the first event of the year. Um, so come on out guys and, and hang out. Um, we've also got, uh, new shirts up for sale. We've got a, 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 first, first and foremost, we've got a Facebook shop now. So if, if you aren't in Louisville or you haven't been able to make it to an event and you wanted to buy a shirt, um, you can do that through Facebook now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have three more, uh, colors of shirts available. We have a, a purple, a blue, and a red. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys want to get some variety in in your nerdy wardrobe, you can. Um, it's they're pretty awesome. So uh, if you guys want one, uh, I think the link's been posted, and I'm actually not sure. Um, maybe you can just go through the group or the the, the page. Maybe. Um, do you know? Have
1: you gone? Have you actually? Um, I, I've been. I, think I only clicked it on, on it through it through the, the actual, g- like the actual, like the group? Uh, club group.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, uh, it, I've only clicked on it through the link. Um Let's see here. Click on a nerd like me club. It might be at the tabs at yeah, the top. Like me club. Yeah, there's sorry, so there it is. If you go to the A Nerd Like Me Club web, uh, page, uh there'll be a tab that says shop. Yep. Um and, and all the the stuff will be in there. Um and then you can click on a nerd like me T shirt and then there's a selections there for color inside. Um so yeah, if you guys want to check that out, uh we you know, we appreciate it. Uh really all that goes to um really getting different kinds of merchandise um and doing stuff at events and stuff like that um and supporting this podcast and things of that nature so um yeah i think that's uh, that's all we got for you though this this week guys i hope you all had a, a good uh holiday christmas and new year um uh, we did uh and so we're looking forward to to doing some exciting stuff in 2019. Uh we just saw that Supercon, uh it posted their their dates for uh 2019, yep. so it's been confirmed that they're going to be back. So that's it's super has been confirmed
1: we'll be back.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's been confirmed that we will also be working with him again. Um so that's super exciting. Uh so that's just to start off the good, you know, first day of the year, that's a pretty good uh thing of news for us. Um so we're super excited about that. Uh but keep your eyes and ears out guys, I'm sure we're, we're going to be doing some more uh, stuff this year at a little bit different i think than we were doing last year so um is that is that you got anything else no i think that's everything all right well thanks guys we appreciate you listening and we'll catch you next time peace